This week on the podcast, we have two special guests. One is Maggie Miles, and the other is Nathan Bittner of Butler. And both of them are independent music artists, and they also lead worship in their churches. We're going to have a lively conversation about how they pursue both of these things and what's going to be happening going forward. And stay tuned, because at the end of this podcast, there's a special gift that we have for you of some music from both of these artists. I think you're going to really love it. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am your host, Turner, and I am joined in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I had a great week. I... Uh, Broke my fast. Remember my fast that I was mentioning? I made it 16 days without any solid food. Well, it's not 21, but I guess it's still Oh, oh, you're going to call me out on that. Well. Well, why did you break it then? I broke it. And why are you bragging about breaking it? Oh, man. Dude. So it was good. It was good. So I broke it because I I heard from the Lord. I I was fasting with a couple particular... reasons and questions that I was asking Jesus to give me some answers to, and and he gave me answers. So, at least I believe he did. And so then the next logical thing was, let's celebrate by eating. There you go. Do you know what I ate? Do you want to hear what I ate? You're going to tell me Uh, anyway. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. I had nachos with salsa and queso, and I ate so many that the that was the appetizer. Like, they were just out for like we were watching the playoff games and that was just out for like to munch on. I didn't even eat much of my chicken pot pie, which was amazing. It was a homemade chicken pot pie. And the the lady that made it, this woman that made it, it she did not put onions in it because she knew I hate onions. Oh. So, so I, she knew that you were going to break your fast. No, she found out earlier in the day that I was going to break it and I was going to break okay. it with her food because she's a great cook. Okay. So anyways, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm not famished anymore and... And I'm, you know the wisdom of Solomon coming it, through. It's gone. It, it left with the first meal. Back after, the, after this, I don't think I ever had it. To be honest with you, bro. No, we but, were talking about you being channeled. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. you said that last week. Yeah. So, um, so uh, do you know anything? Oh yeah. Hey, did you know that uh, <laughs> that Benjamin Franklin, while he was the ambassador to France, yeah, in seventeen eighty one. Wrote an essay called Fart Proudly. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. Fart Proudly. That's yeah. my kind of guy. Yeah. It's also called A Letter to the Royal Academy About Farting. That's incredible. Yeah. Was that like an etiquette, like an etiquette, like question in the t- of the culture? Like, do we fart or not? Like, I don't know. It just said it was in response to a call from for scientific papers from the Royal Academy of Brussels. <laughs> and so he thought that they were getting too pretentious, all the uh, academies. And Oh, they, so he wrote, yeah. Yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. I love that, man. Isn't that awesome? That's cool. We need more people like that. Yeah. Dude, that's a great did you know. Yeah, it says, you know, it went on to discuss the, di- the way different foods affect the odor of flatulence. <laughs> And to propose scientific testing of flatulence, of farting. Scientific testing. <laughs> that is awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's the perfect did you know for our guests that we have in the studio today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, I'm just kidding. We actually have two awesome guests in the studio with us. If you couldn't for, hear them giggling. Or, I know. Right. It's hard quiet. not to 
not to giggle. That's right. Talking about farts. That's right. It's hard. It's hard not to giggle when you talk about farts. We're all in second grade. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> so I have in the studio, we have in the studio two guests, awesome guests. Uh, one is um, I've known her entire life. In fact, some would say that I am responsible for her being here at some level. Um, it is my daughter, Maggie Miles. <laughs> say hi, Maggie. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's uh, I'm doing good. <laughs> and we also have Nathan Bittner. Nathan, how are you doing, buddy? Lit up. I am not responsible. I'm doing great. Sorry, I'm doing great. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing great. I'm not responsible for him uh, in any way um, for being on the earth, but I do know I've known him for a good long time, and uh, he's an awesome dude. But we have them on the podcast because for several reasons. Uh, number, number the one reason is is that uh, they both are independent music artists, and they both have uh, albums and singles that have come out recently, and uh, and. They are also in conjunction with this this uh, independent music that they're doing. They are also worship leaders in their churches, and so um, we're going to just kind of unpack that whole thing today. We're gonna we have a we have a a, a gift for all of our listeners. We're gonna play some singles off of off of each of the artists, so you get to hear a little bit of what they sound like, and um, and we're gonna just have a real candid conversation about. Uh, the state of contemporary Christian music and also where uh, contemporary worship is going in the evangelical realm, also where it's been, where it's going, and um, some of that since they're involved in that as well. So it's going to be a really, I think it's going to be a really fun podcast. I'm, I'm excited. Looking, yeah, it's going to be fun. And so uh, we flipped a coin and we decided ladies first. Um, and uh, so Maggie, we're going to start with you. Uh, so Maggie, you have a new song that literally came out this week. It dropped on Friday. Yeah, it's, Friday. It sounds so weird to say it dropped. It <laughs> dropped. It dropped, and uh, and it's called Belief. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, what, like, how you, because this is your first, uh, I would say, professional studio mm-hmm. song, right? And, yeah, um, yeah, it, definitely. And so, uh, and there, uh, there's more to come, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely more oh, to come. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so t- tell us a little bit about how this all came about. And give, take us on a little journey here of uh, what, like how it all came about. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I uh, had the opportunity to record back in uh, 2018, which sounds so weird to say because that was literally like a couple right. months ago. Right. Um, and so I did two singles in the studio there in uh, January of last year and then uh, wrote a lot over that the course of that summer and that year. And then... Uh, had the opportunity to actually open up for Nathan, who's here in the studio, and uh, had uh, some videos taken of that performance, and they were posted on YouTube. And uh, my producer, who helped me with this single, his name is Austin Bello. He's awesome and amazing. Huge shout out to him. Um, <laughs> he uh, came across those videos, and then he wanted to so who, work with me. So you had some videos that he saw from that show. <laughs> who filmed those videos? I was wondering. I uh, some guy. <laughs> some guy that was way too old to be at the way crowd. too old. <laughs> hey, I was old enough to be there because it's, they have a twenty-one. That's eight, true. 21. I was I was pushing that. So <laughs> uh, I was I I had passed it by several. Um, anyways, decades. So he so. <laughs> So somebody saw some YouTube videos that were cl- that were that were recorded excellently on an iPhone <laughs> by some ridiculously amazing. Yeah, he was a gifted videographer. 
just by accident. And um, whatever he's doing right now, he should quit. And go do videography. Yeah, you should be a cinematographer <laughs> yeah, and I'll pursue be, that. All right, it's been good, guys. I'll see you. Now, uh, <laughs> yeah, so when I took that video, I gave it to you. I, was, I just took it for my own posterity. Like, I wanted to remember this moment. Uh-huh. It was, And, like, some of our listeners don't know. I'm going to be a little... I used to be in a band. And so I played at this venue... <clears throat> where where, yeah. where you were, where you guys were playing and uh so i had and somewhere on that wall there's my our sticker and my name i signed it somewhere in back of that back of house or whatever backstage there's a, somewhere i have to look for it i have to remember where it is that's awesome because we played there like three times but um but anyways uh so the power Austin, of the internet the power so, of the internet thank you yeah. steve yeah. thank you very so i we recorded it and then then he sees the video and yeah. he reaches out to you and says, "Hey, let me let me produce something yeah. for you." Yeah. Yeah, he basically let me record you. Yeah, he basically reached out via email and uh cuz I have my email like linked in my Instagram and stuff, so he found me on there and then So who is this guy? Yeah. His name's Austin Bello and uh he was in a punk group, punk rock group known as uh, Forever the Sickest Kids. Some of your listeners probably know they were they did the whole like warp tour thing they were they were yeah. huge on that so, so he's not some schlub no he no <laughs> no no he's not he's not at all he's got some good creds um really really talented guy so he was really fun to work so, with so so what was he do you know what he did in that band forever the sickest he case? played bass and he also did some vocals and stuff like that so okay yeah they were yeah. nominated for grammys right um yes actually yeah. they were because oh, really? he had like magazines up in his studio yeah he's like, on he's on the grammy board yeah i believe the voting board so that's cool yeah they were legit they yeah. were legit yeah. <laughs> yeah he had he had like magazine spreads in his uh in his studio and it was really it was really cool because his studio was just in his basement that's um, awesome it wasn't even the like best a, studios are in basements <laughs> i would agree such a sketchy <laughs> sense <laughs> There's probably been some amazing music that's been recorded in basements, though, for, in all seriousness. Like, oh, no, seriously. Well, yeah. I mean, that's how, like, the DC punk scene, like, started. Yeah. I mean, mm. it was all, like... Garage uh, bands. They, yeah, they all played, like, 930 Club. I guess Black Cat, I don't know when that came around. Yeah, that was a lot. But all those guys, like, uh, Minor Threat and all them mm-hmm. around DC in this area, it's all, like, did you know recorded that, in the basement. I got a did you know for you. All right. Oh, shoot. Did you know when I was in... I was 16, maybe 17 years old. I This is when I used to skateboard, and I was uh, I was big time into punk music. And there was a local, I don't know if you knew this guy. Do you know Fugazi? Yeah. All right, so he lived in D.C., in Georgetown. Yeah. So we found out where he lived, and we found his house and knocked on his door. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> we wanted to meet the guy, because he was like a legendary punk yeah, rocker. Yeah, Ian McKay. He didn't, he didn't answer the door. And uh, <laughs> But his roommate was, did you ever hear the Dead Milkman? Yeah. Yeah, his roommate was the lead singer to the Dead Milkman. And we, we saw later on, we were like hanging out, we saw him come out of the townhouse and move on. So it's really creepy, Dad. It is Thank a, you for it, it, kind of stocky, but <laughs> that same day we went and saw the stairs from the Exorcist in the Georgetown. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the famous stairs. That was filmed in Georgetown? Well, yeah, it's parts stairs, of it. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be in DC Georgetown. That that's what the whole thing was. It took place there. Yeah. The movie. So, all right. So back to <laughs> <laughs> now. Back to the thing. So, so exorcist. So yeah. Austin finds you, gets reaches out to you, go <clears throat> there. He's he's this. He's got this great idea for you. He wants to just give you a shot, and and you do it, and you're just like, this is a this has been a great experience. And so, <laughs> so then, uh, in your for your first time, 
like in professional setting like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, how are you going to compare to that later oh, on? Man. Like, what do you? It Yeah, it definitely sets the bar, I would say. Yeah. Because he just, and I, I love the way that he works too. Like, he definitely, he never, I mean, there were some times where he's like, you really want to do that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as like creatively goes for the most part, like he was like, made me feel more confident in like, being willing to do weird stuff um musically yeah and uh stretched you i needed that yeah yeah Yeah. like vocally he definitely pushed me for sure um and uh we just creatively really meshed well that's cool yeah that's awesome it was one of the it was one of the best recording experiences i've ever been a part of too yeah nathan got to sit in not even being like my own stuff Mm. just like watching him work and like he would have he had Bob Ross on Netflix yes, on did. a little on a little monitor. It's awesome. And it was like it wasn't there was no sound. It was just playing like yeah. all day. And we would just like watch it. And it was like the most uh like freeing little like like <laughs> creative space I've ever been in. It's it was crazy. It was and really so great. yeah, it was just like he was awesome because he's like, what about this? And then and you're just like oh yeah, that sounds amazing. And mm-hmm. and then you're like, eh, let's te- like tweak it this way. And then he'll do that. So yeah, yeah, he's an awesome, awesome guy. Yeah. That's pros, man. Working with pros. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> so tell us, okay, so the song that yeah. was released is called Belief. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the background on that song, um, what it means to you and what it means. And um, and then when you're done, we're going to actually play. Hey, yo. We're going to oh, play it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> um, well, in synopsis, I mean, like the main, the chorus of the song is um, saying, I believe in you is saying something different than believing you. Um, and I think that that kind of idea came from, I don't, I don't really struggle necessarily with believing that God is real as much. I struggle more with believing that he truly knows what's best for me um, and has what's best for me. And so that was kind of where that idea came from. And I, I just, you know, all throughout my walk with the Lord, I've just been like, oh man, like, I don't know, like, I want to do this. And he's like, no, no, do this. And, you know, it's just that back and forth that every Christian deals with. Um, But at the same time, you know, I always want my music to be open to um, being interpreted however the listener interprets it. Yeah. You know, so if they can apply it to a relationship, you know, then go ahead. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of where the chorus came from. And uh, in the verses, I kind of touch more on um, fears that I have. Um, Like the opening line of the song is, uh, I don't want to sound like a clanging gong. And uh, that comes out of 1 Corinthians when it's talking about, you know, you can speak in all the tongues of angels and men, but if you don't have love, you just sound like a clanging gong or cymbal. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something like, I have this like insecurity before before God. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to sound like just this, dumb like babbling person when in reality he sees through to like my deepest parts and soul and everything but like i deal with this just fear of like just sounding dumb and it's like in that in and of itself is dumb um but uh yeah it's just like just how i feel (laughs) that's literally (laughs) the best way to describe it i guess would you say you believe that (laughs) Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh Well, all right, enough of talking about where it came from and what it's about and all that. Why don't we hear the song? Yeah. So let's, uh, here it is, folks. This is Maggie's first single, Belief.
That was an awesome song. <laughs> that was awesome. So groovy. I love it, man. So uh, there, it has flavors of Michael Jackson. That I'm not, is, yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that before. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets you, it gets you shaking. It mm-hmm. gets you boogieing a little bit there. It has some fun grooves to it. I like that. And as a bass player, obviously, I'm going to respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that, that was awesome. That was really awesome. So, when and do you have more music coming out? I mean, okay, yes. Okay. I'm say yes. Okay. Um, I can't say when. Okay. But there is more to come. Yes. More to come. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have to stay posted. So uh, people can follow you on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Yeah. It's all the same handle YouTube, on all social media. So With Spotify, you're pretty much everywhere. We will put the links to both <laughs> of you guys' uh, stuff in Thank the you. in the notes, in the show notes, so you can actually... Through the podcast app, you can actually connect, click on click on those and listen to more if you want. But that was awesome, Maggie. That was so cool. And you know, as your dad, proud of you. Just want to say, fantastic work. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So Nathan, hey. let's go to you now. I want to talk to you <laughs> about your music. So, uh, how long have you been playing um, guitar? I've been playing since I was thirteen, so eleven years. Eleven years. Yeah. And how long has Butler been a band? Butler's been a thing since 2014. Is this your first real project that you kind of put together? Or um, before that, I was releasing music like just as my own name under like Nathan Bittner. Yeah, and it was like acoustic stuff. And I used to be really influenced by Mumford. Like <laughs> Mumford and Sons was like my jam. So I was making like you know all like the folk stuff for yeah. for a little bit. Um, and then uh, I just kind of was like you know I, I want to try something new. Um, I. I had loved John Mayer. Like I had recently kind of found him when I was around like 18. Um, and then my buddy was like, he was talking about uh, the album Continuum. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, what? And he's like, <laughs> well, hold on. You've never seen that. You've never uh, heard that album before. And I was like, no. He's like, we're stopping everything and listening to this album right now. <laughs> and that album changed my life. So good. It's amazing and i can't believe i didn't hear it till i was 19 (laughs) um so that album alone kind of was like oh i want to explore this kind of sound kind of you know the blues jazz kind of thing is where that kind of started so so yeah butler kind of became a thing around that time when i started trying to just i wanted to come up with like a name like a stage name to like release music under and like yeah kind of create this like brand and this persona what Um, does the name mean so it where comes, did it come from? It comes from, it, it comes from that time of my life when I was trying to figure out a new name to <laughs> to release music at, you know, under, and I didn't feel like Nathan Bittner was very like catchy or like memorable, and it it probably would be, because I was just being like weird about it, but I was like, I need something really like simple, short and sweet, and that's gonna like get across like who I want to be. And so I was looking for that and it was really kind of this blend of, um, I was like, well, I just need to take like the things that I love the most. And it was like, at the time it was like jazz music and I loved um, like just all these like classy things of like like suits and tuxedos <laughs> and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I was just like nerding out about like suits. It was like the weirdest thing. And then it was also- They call that the GQ phase. Yes. In a young man's life. I right. haven't hit that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're far from it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever saw the movie Crazy Stupid Love with Ryan Gosling, yes, that movie, like that movie, made me want to like 
wear suits be Ryan <laughs> because Gosling? of him. Yeah. Big man crush. Anyways. Okay. okay. <laughs> so it was a mixture of that. He and listens it, to our podcast, by the way. He so. does? Hey, Ryan. Yeah. What's up, Ryan? <laughs> uh, it was a mixture of that, and it was also a mixture of, and this is kind of what, where, you know, we'll talk about, like, the song we're going to play, too. And um, my dad passed away from cancer in 2014, and and so he always kind of was, like, encouraging me to pursue music and pursue that for, like, God's glory and also just because I wanted to and I was passionate about it. So I, I really wanted to kind of pay homage to him through my music and through my life. And I feel like the greatest thing that he taught me was what it what true servanthood looked like. Because mm-hmm. I would see him like at church serving, volunteering all the time. And in the way that he would, you know, treat me and treat others around me um, was like true servanthood. And so it was this idea of like, servanthood and like classiness and i was like how do those blend <laughs> i was like the image of a butler is kind of what came to my mind so that's amazing yeah that's kind of where the name comes yeah, from i've always wondered i, I kind of yeah I, <laughs> I never asked either that's why i asked because <laughs> i've not only have i listened to your music for a long time i'm actually a fan of your music like i i enjoy and you know the, I, don't, I can't say that for a lot of people i mean mm. but i actually enjoy listening to what you come out with and i've always wondered what the butler was and i kind of yeah. thought i had a notion for it but i love the whole concept of classy and servant mm-hmm. and um because we think of a servant we just think of automatic like a slave or right. you know, and you just don't seriously you don't but yeah. that was yeah. your dad yeah. Like what a great honor, you know, to, yeah. of your father that that is, because that was your dad. Like yeah. I had the privilege of knowing your dad too, so yeah. that's like a very accurate uh, thing. So, so tell us, so tell us a little bit about this. What's the name of the song? The song uh, is called "Looking Down." Looking down. Yeah. Okay. And it's about it's about my dad. So where did you record your stuff? Where'd you like? What's your story with that? A little so this, bit? this past out al- like this most recent album is called "The Home," and I released that last June. Um, that was recorded out in Irvine, California um, with my buddy, Jordan Ruiz. And so he and I met when I was out there for school of worship okay. in California and just became like the best of buds and actually ended up uh, living together for a little bit for like the semester. Um, not because we were gay. just Because, <laughs> you know, okay. cause we, were, we were living together because... <laughs> we're rooming. You were rooming Yeah, together. we were rooming Sorry, together. Ryan. Sorry, I said, yeah. Sorry, Ryan. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's not listening anymore. Yeah. He just turned he off. He turned I, off. I heard him. So Jordan and I became like the best of friends. And the very first Butler album I ever made, which, which is called Can't Take Myself Too Seriously. And that was recorded with Jordan in California. And then when I moved back home, I recorded a bunch of kind of other music here. And then this past album, I finally got the chance to fly back to California to record that album. So this was all recorded in California. So did your dad know you were gay or was that just the, <laughs> oh my did you hold that until i mean he really supported me in this. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i had to say that no, I was, that's fine so so jordan's out and he's a producer out in california yeah and uh it sounds like it's that'd be like a great place to live and be a producer personally yeah oh my um, gosh. yeah so um so this song you recorded it here or out there out was, there you recorded it out there yeah. okay cool yeah um and it has a for those of you that haven't heard yet his album has a distinct sound it's like uh he w- he was you were going for a vibe mm-hmm. and it came through really clear yeah which is really cool yeah um and i love when artists can do that because it's that's not easy to do mm-hmm. you know to keep it consistent through an entire you know selection of songs 
uh, yeah. you know, threaded through. So that's really cool. Yeah. It really, I think, represented like my childhood a lot really well, which is what I kind of wanted the album to be about. And it's called The Home because it was kind of written about like uh, this place that was home for me. And still it kind of, I do kind of consider it home yeah. whenever I think about it. Um, and so just growing up like 10 minutes from the ocean, like that vibe. In California? Yeah, in California. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, I was born and raised out there. Okay. Southern California, sorry. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that whole vibe is like what I was going for, you know, sonically. And I really feel like it, it really came across yeah. really well. I was just so, so proud of it. So let's talk about home or talk about looking down real quick. Yeah. Um, so it's just basically, it's kind of like what Maggie was saying. Like people can always take your song however they want to take it. Um, and they can apply it to their lives however they would like to. For me, for some people, I feel like it may feel like it's a sad song because it's about my dad who passed away. But it really is like kind of this song of resolve to mm. me in that it, I'm not really like crying about it or being sad about it, um, which there's definitely moments where I, I do those things. But in this song, like when I was writing it, it was just like the joy of feeling like the potential of him looking down on me right right now you know and and i know there's like debates about whether people are actually doing that or not in right, heaven right but, yeah but i think for people who are grieving like some things just like work for them you mm -hmm. know and if it brings you peace then like that's a big deal um mm. and so so yeah the song is just kind of like about some of my favorite memories that i had with him and but like i know that he's looking down and that he's proud of where I am, hopefully. Yeah. And that, like, if he were still here, I, I would hope that he would be proud of, you know, what I've made of my life. And um, and then the very, very last chorus is like, and I won't let it hold me down anymore. So it's kind of, it was really the song of, like, resolve of, like, I know that he's looking down. I'm not going to let that, like, the loss of that, like, weigh on my shoulders. Yeah. It's yeah. still something I'll deal with the rest of my life, you know, until I see him again. But, um but I, I'm not going to like bear it on my own anymore. Yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. So it was almost like a, like a, I don't want to say a closure because mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever fully get closed, yeah. like, but it was definitely a healing, like this is a landmark moment mm -hmm. and I can, I can move forward. Yeah, for type, sure. Type oh, that's awesome, it's man. It's a beautiful song, man. Yeah. Thank I love you. it so yeah. much. Well, let's, uh, let's let our listeners hear. Yeah. But so here is Nathan with Butler. <laughs> called Looking Down, Enjoy.
that page up on my Facebook. It's the memory of you and me. When we went to New York City. It's my favorite memory. And I know that you're looking down.
that was an amazing song, dude. It's heavy, but really cool. I think I cried a little bit. And uh, so, uh, I you were telling me you have a video for this song. Yeah. yeah. Where where can someone watch the video for YouTube, this? Facebook, YouTube? Just Butler. Just look for Butler on YouTube or yeah, Facebook. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just looking down official music video. I recommend Vivo. Is it Vivo? It's not. I tried. I tried. <laughs> they didn't accept it. Vivo. <laughs> Do you accept it? Every music. They didn't video. accept it. Oh no! It's like an application thing. That's yeah, intense. you can you can submit if you're not, if you're like unsigned. Oh, that's cool. And I I honestly thought it had a shot because yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's so quality. Shout done. out to Ian Reed, um, who is like uh, owns Distant Moon Media and is just like one of the most talented people I've ever met. Mm. And uh, he actually made he made the music music video for his song Young and Free. Oh, uh, cool. their song let go off their like newest album yeah like he made their music video and like it's <laughs> so good and so i was like he and i have been talking for years about doing stuff together and i just never could afford it and uh <laughs> isn't that always how it is <laughs> yeah yeah usually yes so finally you know we worked something out and and it worked out and so yeah so check out the video yeah i just youtube that right now and if you just type in butler looking down the first one yeah and yeah. May- maybe if if all of our listeners will go watch it then maybe you'll awesome. get enough views and then maybe v- vivo, vivo will, will <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like oh well, yeah. yeah vivo all all Show 15 listeners check it out on youtube podcast. if i can say because facebook has like four thousand views oh, that's on cool. there already which is cool but uh, youtube has like 130 or something like that so let's which let's makes, get those youtube makes videos. no sense to me like why wouldn't they people go there I think first facebook is like weird with the autoplay thing oh. if you watch for more than three seconds is considered a view uh really yeah and so people can just like scroll and then gone yeah and be like view so i right. i don't really know how to gauge that number um yeah but you can gauge youtube pretty well so man you guys uh, so i was in a band for years <clears throat> about i traveled for about three and a half years we were we were like the, the old school style like this is like right when <laughs> we recorded they had just uh, we had just gotten put on itunes so you could digitally download but we, if you wanted to buy like our music, you had to go to CD Baby, and they yeah. would you pay for it, and then they would mail you a CD. It was sort of like drop yeah. shipping style. Um, they didn't even offer MP3 download on CD mm. Baby at that time, and um, so it was really hard to get your stuff in front of people. It was really hard to. Uh, they didn't have a YouTube. They didn't have anything like Social that. Social media has changed the game. I know. Well, totally. Well, it, it was just about that time when when I got out of the band, when MySpace was coming around, yeah. and people were starting to use some of this technology that was emerging and uh now gosh man i mean if i had what we had then now it would be a totally different game Mm -hmm. i mean we we would be exposed to to so many more people because it's just easy um but what's amazing about that is now it still makes it difficult because now you're competing with everybody so you're it's like not just getting in front of them but now it's a different type of fighting through the the noise 95 other people that are trying yeah, and we've experienced. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we've experienced that with even this podcast. You know, podcasting mm-hmm. is exploding. Yeah, and everybody I talk to wants to do a podcast. You know, and yeah. um, and it's not easy to do it well. And and um, of course, ours is done so well. Yes, but uh, no, but uh, it is. You are fighting against all of you know. People only have so much time in a day, and so much to give you time to listen. And so, um, you know, it's 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 been good it's a bittersweet thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i just love the fact that you can put something together so easily and throw it on to youtube and it has potential to reach 
hundreds of thousands, even millions of people. Yeah. And we all have a friend in this room who has a YouTube video that's been seen, I think the last time I checked it was 59 million views oh, yeah. on uh, YouTube, <laughs> you know, and it's just crazy um, to me. That yeah. That's that's why you got to be so, I wanted to mention this earlier, but like you have to catch people's attention so fast. And like, that's what I was trying to kind of encapsulate with my song was like, I just wanted it to be able to be like as soon as someone heard it, like they're like, "All right, that's kind of interesting and weird." Yeah, yeah. Like you want to hear the end of it, and almost like a nostalgic feel to it. Well, as you well. had that, you had that Stranger Things vibe at the very beginning, <laughs> which I love. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> I really love that part. But uh, yeah, I get that. That's you have to catch it. Yeah, that's cool to try and catch it. So, so you guys are all both. Um, so you guys are both in the worship, you know, scene. You guys, you guys both lead worship at your churches. Uh, you, Nathan, you just mentioned you went to a school of worship. Maggie, I know you were going to go to a, a, a school of worship as well and um, ended up having some change of plans for that. How how does how does this, like, playing your music out, because you guys will play at a bar or play at a place, and then the next night, the next morning, you'll be playing in front of, you know, God's people, His holy people. Yeah, because there's no church. God's people in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just heathens and... Losers, oh yeah, a bunch of drunk loser pagans. <laughs> so how do you no? How do you reconcile? <laughs> no, I mean, have has there been any conflict in that? And let's and and also I have to do this. I have to bring it up because I pretty much gave up on contemporary Christian music um, about ten years ago. Like, not if, so not very contemporary. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. I mean. There's a few bands that have got my attention and brought pulled me back a little bit, but for the most part, like as far as like Christian radio goes, forget mm-hmm. it. There's just there's one radio station I know of that I would I don't even know if they're around anymore. It was called Fresh Life out in Montana, mm-hmm. and I would stream it with their app because they would actually play really good, like unknown art like Butler or Mag. You guys would have been like in their playlist. And you get exposed to something other than the ten songs that you constantly hear in yeah. Christian music. But but first, I want to talk about the worship stuff. So, one thing that I want to know is where do you guys see contemporary Christian music or cr- contemporary worship music going in the next couple of years? Because and I, the reason I ask that is there's. A, I'll, let me explain, is that I can remember a few years ago when they started using loops and tracks and it it wasn't welcomed right away. Mm-hmm. Now, like literally every service, there's loops and tracks mm-hmm. going on with the in-ears. And um, where do you guys see, what's the next kind of step musically for worship that you guys see happening? I think um, I, I'm seeing like already kind of a shift towards the more like organic and less track heavy stuff. Okay. Um, like comes to mind, like upper room comes to mind. Um, they're in Dallas. I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but, um, I was actually just watching like one of their services this morning on YouTube live cause it was on and I was like, Oh, and just like, the amount of not production they have that they have is like crazy. Like now, is that no like lights. a is that like a because they don't have a lot of money and they just are doing what they can? I don't think or so. Is it like a choice? It's, of- it seems very intentional. Yeah, that it's like very simple, very minimalistic, and just very like focused on the musicality of it okay. instead of everything else. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah so i i feel like and this might even be the case with like regular pop music too like you know the the culture of music is that ever since like edm kind of changed the world and like house music changed everything auto-tune yeah and like (laughs) worship honestly like followed and it's kind of weird because you'll see like worship follow yeah the culture as well like it's because they're trying to keep them like stay relevant yeah basically so it's like musically attractive too yeah Mm -hmm. which i'm not even like against like young and free is like i i love young and free you know and like all the stuff that they do is so good um but I feel like there's probably going to be like a, a shift eventually towards like more organic, less tracks, more. There's a big like spontaneous movement happening right now, which kind of freaks me out sometimes, to be honest. But like in the right setting, it's it could be, you know, really cool. Do you think it's like a pushback from um, all that like commercialized? Like, like I don't know how to say it. Um like the kids, <laughs> the kids these days, um, yeah. you know how they're like, uh, they're getting like this pushback against, you know, it's like in the eighties you had this big like boom of, um, that stuff. And then they're all trying to like chase after what's popular and everything. Mm-hmm. And now like the, like the counterculture of like being a Christian, you don't want to like, like you're kind of shoving it away almost. It, does that make sense? Like they're trying to, it's just like a balancing act. Like yeah. a pendulum swings one way and then everyone gets mad at that. And they're like, yeah. why are we trying to be, you know, like that? Mm-hmm. And we want to go the complete opposite way. Yeah. Cause I think, I think even like going back to like the, the Mumford and Sons movement, you know, like the yeah. folk movement of like 2011, 2012. 12, yeah. yeah. Like, like I feel like that in and of itself was kind of a pushback against all of like the 2010, 11, like when EDM was really starting to kind well, yeah, of like, like e- Skrillex and stuff Skrillex, like that. Skrillex, yeah, I was about to say. Like everything took like the electronic thing. Like r- like if you listen to rap nowadays yeah. versus, I don't know, who was big in 2012? I don't like even T-Pain know. or something? I don't, yeah, but I don't like know, those guys, like, they are, like modern rap now is not, I grew up on rap and yeah. hip hop. Like listening to Biggie and Tupac and Wu Tang, like I grew up on that stuff in the '90s. Like yeah. you know, where they record with one microphone and like do their own stuff and use real drum samples and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I can attest, he's not lying. There's been times where <laughs> we we've pulled up, we've driven separately someplace. We pull up, and all I hear coming out of his car <laughs> is this rap. And I look over, and it's him with his tatted up and his beard. It gets amazing. Out. He doesn't look anything like he would be. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like uh, who's that producer that did all the stuff in the '90s, like um, STP and all those bands, and then he also produced like rap artists. Uh, he always had a big beard. Ruben, and, Ru- yeah, 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 Ruben. That guy. It's like that's who you remind me of. Like, <laughs> like why? How you would if you looked at that guy, you'd never think that he would be so eclectic yeah. musically. And then you, Steve, and Rosie's the same way. Yeah. And, all right, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I was gonna say like that. Just the electronica went into everything, not yes. just electronic. Yeah. You know? So, so uh, you're, you, I, I want to cut in here again. Uh, you were mentioning, Nathan, that you were um, spont- the spontaneous expressions yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, I was given a, a I was, someone sent me a blog post by a guy named Kerry Newhoff. I don't know if you know him. Mm-mm. He's kind of a, um, he's a pastor of a pretty, pretty successful church in Canada, uh, which is remarkable in itself there. But uh, he's also kind of a writer for like, um, 
I think Multnomah or somebody like that. And he has, he's also like a blogger and all these other things. He, uh, he wrote five, um, the name of this blog post is, uh, five disruptive church trends that will rule in 2019. Mm. And the number one thing that he wrote is that charismatic expressions of church will grow while attractional churches will continue to stall out. Mm. And so, um, he thinks that he sees a, a move in the worship to be more charismatic. And he said he doesn't see it becoming like um, fanatical, Pentecostal, mm-hmm. or even the really, really charismatic where they're waving flags and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He says he just thinks that there'll be more expressive worship where you'll see congregations that will have a tendency to maybe even dance a little bit mm-hmm. or um, almost almost like the full circle of the concert. Mm-hmm you know, style of worship. And I think what's lending that is like like Maggie and I, we went to go see Elevation, what was it, last winter or winter before last? Yeah, it was like they were on December tour. or something like that. I know it was freezing cold, but we, we got in and it was a it was a jam concert. I mean they it was amazing worship experience because mm-hmm. they're phenomenal and the songwriting's phenomenal and um but uh but it was a concert. You know, it was an experience. And I think that's what He's saying it's going to happen. You're going to have, you're going to see, you're going to have an experience in worship on, on your gatherings in the mm-hmm. weekends than maybe what you've seen, and that's maybe what you're noticing. Yeah, you know, going forward, and not necessarily, if you don't mind, if I say something, but um, no, please, uh, like not necessarily like reflecting on who's singing what, you know, like not a concert in the sense of, oh, Taya's singing. Like if you're at a Hillsong concert or something, like I'm gonna you know, shh, I'm going to listen because it's Taya or whatever, you know, it's it's more reflecting on um, the experience of like more charismatic being like the Holy Spirit being present and stuff like that. Um, I'm guessing that's what you're, is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, that's what I was kind of. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right, Maggie. Yes, I think that, that's what Turner was getting at is leaving room for the Holy Spirit and it's doing bigger things. Yeah. Well but said. I was going to say one of the things I noticed when like worship music is it seems like everyone's trying to copy like the big like Hillsong, which is mm-hmm. attached to a church. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that they're, I don't know. It's a weird phenomenon that like a thing that's attached to a church, like they're not a, a band or they're like the worship of a big church and they push like the styles of music, you know, right. like that everyone else wants to copy them. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. I think like, um, they actually went intentionally in that direction though. I think they, they went from this. I think what happened was their church service worship was, so good. was making a difference. Yeah. And they noticed that it was actually something that was not presently being expressed or experienced in churches and people were drawn to that. And so then they they started to export that out for people, and I think other churches started doing that. Elevation jumped on that, and and what it's become, and this is this is where my beef with contemporary Christian music is, is that <laughs> that's it's, what I was waiting trying to get to. Yeah, what it's become now is this big money making endeavor. I mean, I heard somewhere that that Hillsong is possibly a billion dollar empire, hmm. you know, just from the music and everything else. Which there's nothing wrong with. Okay, let me. Say, there's nothing wrong with them making money off of working hard and writing songs and all of that. But but at some point you wonder if that's not gonna drive it. Like the making money's not gonna drive it. It becomes its own thing and 
did it did God ever want it to become that? You know, like I don't know. You know, it's a it leaves a lot of questions. And the other thing I was going to get at is that it seems like on the Christian radio, um, they play like one of their songs. Like, there's always a new Hill song that's always on the radio. Yeah, and it seems like it, the they're, market is flooded with just a couple. They're a machine. People though. they mm-hmm. pump out songs and albums. <laughs> like, I feel like almost radio's even gonna yeah. fade away soon because I mean. Spotify and Apple Music and all that has just like changed the game totally. Yeah. No, the radio is gasping. Uh, yeah. It's gasping right now. Podcasts and are taking over the radio. Po- so so this on-demand culture that we have, like, I mean, literally it's Netflix, on-demand, you can like watch what you want, when you want, movies, however, and on the go. And you don't need to be a slave to a playlist of that's designed by some program manager at some mm. station that's driven by commercials all the time. Now you can actually purchase a commercial free experience just by, for a little bit more. And, uh, and and everybody wants that, you know, I mean, I was, you know, I was talking to uh, my wife about this. She, she's, since I started this podcast, she's kind of gotten into it. Now she listens to podcasts on her way to and from work and stuff, which is, which is kind of cool. And we'll send each other links to podcasts that we've listened that we liked I think more and more that's happening. I love that uh, concept and that idea. That to me, that's of course I love that, you know. But um, I think that's gonna that's gonna affect every area of our culture, including the church. Mm-hmm. And we we see this with sermons. Uh, a pastor will preach a sermon. It'll speak to a, a segment of our culture, and it'll like wildfire through the Christian. Yeah. <laughs> like you'll see it on every Facebook feed, and it shares it. Yeah, everybody <laughs> shares it. Yeah, and it's it becomes its own. It has a life of its own. So I want to throw out kind of an interesting question yeah. that you guys can that I've noticed with contemporary Christian music, uh, aside from like worship music that's supposed to be like played in a church. I've noticed that the lyrics and stuff like that. I care a lot about lyrics mm. and like meaning behind it, as well as like the aesthetics of music sounding good. But so aside from being really into hip hop, I'm also really into like heavy stuff. And I found <laughs> like heavy, like rock. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. uh, hardcore, uh, hardcore, like traditional hardcore, metal core, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I found that like if I listen to. So I, I, the lyrics and like Christian, I don't even want to say like Christian metal, but bands that are Christian or Christian stuff like that, their lyrics are so much deeper Hmm. than like regular worship even some worship songs like i i pulled up this one from a band i really like they're called rival choir so this is in the middle of a song it's like crazy heavy and it says i want to walk the path you walked and i want to breathe the same air because i can't help a question when i'm still doubting everything show me your life from when you were born to when you hung on the tree i want to see the burial grounds i want to see the stone rolled away Filled with doubt, these relentless questions pounding in my head. I want to know the truth. Will you answer me? It's as if the Holy Ghost himself came down and took me to that place, gathered all my questions at once, and swiftly threw them all away. I saw blind eyes opened. I saw mangled bones restored. I saw. I heard all your sermons and watched you calm the storms. Hmm. So, like, stuff like wow. that is so powerful. And, like, on a <laughs> level of, like, right. like, deep weight and like mm-hmm. stuff behind it so i was gonna say maybe you guys agree with me maybe you don't but 
Like, uh, do you feel like modern Christian music doesn't have like the weight and the depth of something and maybe why people are afraid to like, you know, cause this whole song, like this whole album is all about, uh, the singer talking about, it's called, it's actually called, I believe, but help my unbelief, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we all know the story of that, at least here. Um, it's one of my favorite verses. Yeah. And it's just so, it's like the most human thing that someone could say to Jesus. You know, like, like mm. I believe, but help my unbelief. And so, like, this whole album is just all about, like, the stuff that um, I think you guys, too, like, reach more into that um, of, like, what you said, like, I doubt and, like, I struggle with that and stuff like that. But do you feel the same way about that modern, contemporary Christian music doesn't really hit? It's all, like, Jesus, I love you. Everything's good, mm. which is totally cool, but... Like, do you think it's missing stuff like this? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Nathan and I have talked about it. Actually, funny thing that I just remembered is um, huge worship song that released, I think it was a little longer than a year ago, but it got really big in the church scene like a year ago is King of My Heart. And when I first heard the song, it's just repeating, you are good, you are good, you are good. And honestly, at first, I didn't like it. And it was funny because I kept getting scheduled to sing it and I was like okay all <laughs> <My> right <bad. laughs> Nathan was doing that nah, too. Nah. it was God was like you need to like humble yourself and sing this please and so but uh it was funny because at first I didn't like it but then I kind of had this realization of like you know what um there are some people in the congregation who are going through some like crap and mm-hmm. all they need to be reminded of is that God is good and um sometimes that's just the best thing to hear now you know, for other people, it might be doubt or unbelief that they're dealing with. Um, and, and so it's, I definitely feel like we lack on like the more like realistic of like, you know, really dark stuff like depression, anxiety, you know, just stuff like that. I feel like there is definitely some lacking. I mean, Nathan can probably attest to that too. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Christian radio meets um, a very specific need that a lot of people have but it only meets that one area. Mm. You know what I mean? Of like, I need encouragement today. It's only that. It, that's only what it does. Right, yeah, yeah. And which is, which is awesome. And sometimes like the simplicity of, of the gospel, you know, is like the greatest thing. And sometimes you just need to sing, you are good and just know that and rest in that. And sometimes like the other side of it is true, I think too. And that like, sometimes you can, it's okay to struggle with like serious doubt and uncertainty and like questions, you know, about your faith, about God. Like he's big enough to handle those questions. Right. And I just don't think that the songs that are being chosen to play on Christian radio really tackle that matter. They don't reflect that. Yeah. Um, And maybe they do like every once in a while, like a line or something, we'll talk about that, but nothing to the depth that you just read. Mm. Like that was right. crazy, <laughs> you know? And I feel yeah. like- Mangled bones. Like, <laughs> I was like, goodness. I feel like, and maybe and I love, I, I actually like don't like metal music, but I really respect it as a genre because like one, it's like the amazingness, like the musicians are amazing who play it, but also like the lyrics too. Like, like and I, I think that a lot of people, if they were to be- honest with themselves probably relate to those kind of lyrics a lot more often than they relate to lyrics of like you know 
trust you in the storm. Like, just like, <laughs> I don't know, just like those, like those songs, you know, like yeah. they're just very like uh surface. Yes. You know, exactly. like the surface level. Well, it so. also feels like, I, I mean, just if I can butt in, it, it also feels like in, when I, and this is going to sound uber critical and it probably is, but, but I'm critical with what I listen to, but it sounds like the same five or six producers are mm-hmm. working with every single artist yeah. that you hear. And it's, it's probably true. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you're just getting a variation of what they do right. with every artist. They're forming these artists who probably had really great desire to be raw and real and, mm-hmm. and, and leave their, you know, their fingerprints all over it, you know, that who they are. And maybe it was completely changed into this thing for the sake of album sales or for the sake of radio play yeah. uh, because again money and i oh, think that's, that's such a fear of mine d- well <laughs> i, I never want to change the way i write just because of you know i don't know yeah scarcity i was gonna say so this is i'm not gonna name drop or anything like that because i don't want to do that but i have a buddy whose friend who grew up with these he went to a christian college and he was on the same uh floor as these guys and two bands came out of there, and you guys will both know them, and everyone that listens will know one of them, but I'm not going to name drop or anything like that. And one of the singers from one of these bands, like, the band, it's one of those bands that you hear, like, all the time on the radio, and you're like, how does every song sound so amazing, and how is every song so good? And it's because, From that band, you mean? Yeah, 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 like, every song's a hit. And the singer of that is, like, this really good, solid Christian dude, and he writes, like, 50% of all the secular pop songs out there. <laughs> so like he's written songs That's for Taylor funny. Swift, like all mm-hmm. like all the big pop stars. Mm. Wow. And he writes and he so is my buddy was telling Matthew me Matthew Teeson? What's that? Is it Matthew Teeson? I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> um, and uh so he was saying no, he's from Reliant K, right? Yeah. No, oh, it's not him. Um but anyway, so he was saying it's like there's basically like five people that write all the pop songs. Majority of, this, of yeah. everything. Yeah. Or like poppy rock songs That's and wild. stuff like that. Yeah, there's like five. I mean, it's probably more than five. He figured out the formula, man. Yeah. And he then, knows it. And then if you look at like all the songs that are on the radio from pop songs, I mean, I think Taylor Swift writes most of her, most of her own stuff, but I know he's written a couple for her. I mean, she has to because they're all about her ex-boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> so. And this guy can't relate to that because he's <laughs> not gay. Unlike Nathan. Unlike right. Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kelly, yeah. Kelly, I love you. <laughs> yeah, for the record, Nathan is married to a woman. I, I actually did their <laughs> yeah, wedding ceremony. Into the wedding, so. <laughs> I, I witness. I witnessed. That's yeah. Right. But anyways, I was gonna say it's really interesting when you look at like if you look at who wrote the songs on the bottom of the stuff. Yeah. My voice just cracked. Um, there's <laughs> like there's <laughs> like I was gonna let it go. There's like ten people that write all the music songs, yeah. and that's why that's so much so of it crazy. sounds the same. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised you guys didn't know that. You didn't know that. I mean, I like to think that every artist just writes their own music and <laughs> yeah. does everything, but I mean, I, I knew artists would vie for getting a song. You know, like I knew artists would like pay and fight to like, oh, I want, I want to record the song. Yeah, like you know, Ariana and Justin, like they, like they, they actually like you know buy these songs. Right. I knew that happened, yeah. but I didn't know the whole th- thing about like. Like a, he a just very makes specific so much of, money just oh writing songs and selling them. Gosh, he must. And he gives yeah. it back to the church. So oh, that's it's awesome. Really cool. That yeah, is cool. really cool. So there's good people. Well, tell him. Secular songs. Tell him you you're connected to a church that could use a little bit of <laughs> yeah. cash right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, don't they all need cash? Yeah. Um, 
but uh, I mean, they pass a plate every week. You'd think that they would finally have enough money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, though, is that it is a small circle, and uh, getting into that circle is an accomplishment in itself, but then then maintaining it and protecting it is mm. kind of where they stay, and that's why it's so hard and slow for music to really evolve. You know, I, like I remember... You know, just evolving, talking about music, like there has been a few, like I'm old enough to remember a few incidences in music that really changed. I can remember Nirvana when Kurt Cobain, Nirvana really, really started to just uh, come onto the scene and they were, they were, they were nothing like what was out. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that was out was hair bands at that point. So mm-hmm. it was all still the 80s glam rock, the, 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 you know, the hair bands, the, you know, wow you know that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff and which i still have respect for that too because i grew <laughs> up in that but but uh then Nirv- here comes nirvana boom completely different style completely different songwriting just and it had this cult following of people yeah. and then that emerged into into grunge yeah. like i mean i'm positive there are other bands out there killing it before you know they discovered nirvana yeah but nirvana was the one that put it on the map mm-hmm. and then pearl jam and then everything else that whole Seattle scene. Yeah, that Seattle scene, which I loved, by the way. I was so happy when I that, that aesthetic scene. so much. Well, I was just happy when it came about because yeah. it was like actual grungy rock, not the, you know, playing behind their backs and the whole, you know, yeah. the whole guitar thing, which had, it had its place. But So who's going to be our Nirvana for the Christian music? For the Christian? Well, Lecrae already <laughs> did do something crazy. I think Lecrae, Dude. in my opinion. He paved a path. For sure. And listen, let me tell you a cool story that I just heard two weeks ago. So I, I heard an, uh, his pastor um, was at a conference speaking, and I love, and this is what I want to kind of segue into with you guys too, is I, this is what he told Lecrae. Lecrae was actually on, he was on course to become a pastor at this church, and it was a, um, it was like a two-year process where they would, it's what they call eldership, and so he was in process to become an elder, a pastor. And um, he was writing all these songs, and he was doing his music, and the the pastor sat him down and said, Lecrae, you're going to make a bigger impact for the kingdom if you're not a pastor. Hmm. And he was like, what? Like, if I want to make a difference, I should be a pastor, you know? And he says, no, man, you're going to, you got to get outside the church. That's what you got to do. And I want you to take, and I don't want you to be the, the, the pastor rapper guy. I want you to just be, do hmm. what you do. And Man. do it well, and let let God do what He wants to do, and uh, and the rest is history, right? So Lecrae put that down, and so then you had. But what I loved about when Lecrae first came out is he was really, really theologically sound. Mm-hmm. So he was singing songs that like the Bible affirmed, yeah, right? Yeah. And it wouldn't have been like out there and weird or anything like that, or um, and and so that was really what. And, and what happened is people were craving, like guys like Stephen were, who kind of grew up in this, they were, they were like craving just something that isn't going to be dropping the F-bomb every five seconds and talking about girls and drugs and whatever, but still have that just awesome music side to it. And, uh, and that's basically what he did. He filled a gap right there mm-hmm. and he did it, he did it, re- he did it better than what they were doing in the secular industry, yeah. which that's what I think needs to start happening more is that less I'm a Christian uh, in the Christian scene, I'm a Christian who happens to do this. 
Yeah. Like if I like for instance, I, you know, if I, I I before I was a pastor, I worked in the auto body industry and worked on cars and I was a Christian who worked on cars. So everything I did, I really made it my aim to glorify God. So I wanted to make sure that whatever I did, it was as unto the Lord. So I worked hard, had integrity, did the best job that I could do. If I didn't think it was a, it was subpar, I couldn't get it the way I wanted. I wouldn't charge what I normally would, where my competitors would do that. And what that did is that set me apart. And mm-hmm. all I did was honor Christ. That's all I did. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't any master plan or anything. I just honored the Lord with my work, with my hands, and he blessed it. And in that same vein of principle, I think it'd be awesome if more musicians that are believers took that approach. I mean, we know this. We don't have to shove Jesus down anybody's throat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I'm I'm immediately thinking of, you know, another rapper artist is NF. I mean, he does a great job of mm. yeah. of really, you know, incorporating this is just part of my life. And so it's gonna bleed into what I write about. And then like Tori Kelly, Lauren Daigle. Yeah. Those are all some artists that are just killing Ooh, we don't, it right we now. don't talk about Lauren on this <laughs> No, I, if, you scared me for If she <laughs> listens to this, I will marry her. Lauren, I will marry you and Not make you I do. I'm theologically sound. I can save she's your amazing. theology. <laughs> she's yeah. fine. She, we don't have to. Oh, man. She's, she, she's awesome. She's getting blasted on the internet, though. <sighs> like, I'm see, I'm scrolling through it's YouTube. She's so angry. It makes me so angry. And I'm seeing, like, Lauren, Lauren is Dangle is a... Well, you didn't hear her whole thing about Ellen and whole... the gay... Uh, well, you should annoying. know about this. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh my gosh. Every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so evidently- um, She literally just played on Ellen. She played on Ellen, but then she said some things afterwards. They, some She was on it. This is what makes me mad. So she, she was, was on, in a she was, spot. She was in a, on a Christian radio station, and a Christian DJ asked her, well- you know, what do you think about homosexuality? What do you think? And and she struggled to answer it the way that that ninety percent of the of evangelicalism wants her to answer it. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to basically say, look, I you know, let, she did say, let the Bible speak for itself, you yeah. know, and all that. Um, and so then they missed, they took that and they just totally ran with it that she's soft on this whole issue of homosexuality that she's sympathetic to it or that she even believes that it's okay to be, you know, homosexual and all of these other things or that she would affirm it and um you know that sinful lifestyle and and so she just got just destroyed by the by the, you know, conservative Christian evangelical, you know, community. Oh, it made me so mad. Yeah, and so now you just scroll on, just oh just type gosh. in Lauren Daigle gay or whatever, mm-hmm. and just on YouTube, and just see what comes up. You're gonna have, it's it's sad, and this is the worst part of it all is that th- no one is calling out the dude on the radio mm-hmm. that totally. Yeah, she here she's got this song. It's, it was number one on Billboard, not yeah. just not just Christian, but Billboard, and he goes there for his own thing like he basically just isolated her from a huge portion of our of our culture of our community and 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 then put her in odds with a bunch of christians mm-hmm. it's like thanks a lot dude like nobody wants to go take that guy and mm-hmm. you know give you him know the what? she's for. she's still killing it and just doing her thing and i just have so much respect for her as an artist and just just being like you know what? whatever like i you know well here's the other thing that, this, that frustrates me is just because you have a song and if you listen to her album, it's not shy about the Lord at yeah, all. No. It's not you're not going to be confused listening to her album. 
but who who now puts her like she's now the spokesperson for all of Christianity? Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it, but man, it, I would I would challenge anybody who's critical of her switch places with her mm-hmm. for just a second and put yourself in front of that. You know, millions of no, people are looking to you, and and not about the money, not about the fame, any of that, but really about the fact that you're gonna, you're trying to walk a line here so that you can earn a place to actually have influence in their life. And there's ways that you can do. Jesus was a master at it, you know, when he did it. But at the same time, he's God. <laughs> but I just hate the fact that we shoot our own. We yeah. so often shoot our own, and that's that's enough of her. I don't want to talk anymore about her. Personally. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say her album was really good. That was all I was trying to get at. It is really yeah, good. I didn't want to go into that whole situation, that whole conversation. Lauren, if you hear this, please, I will marry you <laughs> right now. <laughs> and Rosie's a great catch, by the way. <laughs> whoever whoever ends up with Rosie's going to get a, a, a one husband. Doll. Yeah. <laughs> I can affirm that. Um, get my stamp of approval. If I was Lauren, I'd marry you. But, yeah. So, well, whoa. Um, <laughs> this got say. awkward. Yeah, for like, <laughs> so here's he's kept going. So, <laughs> like, so. so going back to the question, like, uh, as a Christian, do you think it's like, are you ever going to do a song where you say like Jesus? Either of you? Oh, you're like asking us. Yeah. Under Butler. Yeah. Maybe. I don't However know. However you want to answer that. Yeah. Probably. Um, Probably not, but maybe. Hmm. Um, but I've written plenty of worship songs on my own. Yeah. Just for myself, you know? And I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I, I think what was really encouraging to me, because I was struggling for, with this for a while too, of like, I, I always separated the two. I always was like, I have my worship leading thing and I have my butler thing and they have to be separate. And there's no way that I can see them being like the same. Um, And it was really like the Lord really convicted me about it um, and kind of showed me like, hey, you know, I'm the reason that you have any of these abilities and gifts. You know what I mean? Like to, to write a song or to play an instrument or to sing, like he's the reason, you know, from the beginning. Um, So like you said, Turner, like, you should be doing whatever you're doing as unto the Lord. You know what I mean? And you should let your life be that light, no matter like what venue you are kind of showing it through. Um, But when I released Looking Down, the music video last year, I had so many people messaging me about how much it spoke to them because of somebody that they had lost to and Mm -hmm. how much like it meant to for them to think about like their loved ones in heaven, like looking down on them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was like, whoa, it was like an eye-opening thing for me because I was like, whoa, the Lord ministered to people through a Butler song. And I didn't even really talk about Jesus in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. Like that, for me, that was like, that was like uh, groundbreaking. So I always struggled with like separating the two, you know, obviously the way I lead worship is different than the way I perform at a Butler show because a show is more about your performance and leading worship is more about him. Yeah. You know, and, and you try and like, it's hard for me to 
it's really hard to play a show and lead worship in the same weekend. <laughs> oh, it's draining. Because yeah, one of the other like kind of leans. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I hear you. You either like play a show, and you're just like, like you're up there thinking like mentally like it's not about me, like but it's my show. You know right, what I mean? Right. Or or it's the or it's vice versa the next morning. So it's like, yeah, it's it's uh it's tough. I never thought about that. That's pretty interesting, though. Yeah. Um, to answer your Jesus thing, though, <laughs> that that word, um, I don't know. I mean, I agree with Nathan. I've written plenty of like worship songs for myself, just in my own life and stuff. But as far as like a <laughs> Maggie Miles song, I guess is how you say it. I don't have a cool stage name, um, but I don't know. I've said like you, like a capital Y, yeah, um, or him. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But... Do you think that that's the line that separates? Uh, like that's such a good question. Like what makes? Well, hey, let me throw this okay. wrench in there. Like I've said, God, so Sting, the artist, Sting from the Police, <laughs> right? Remember? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Don't go spend. Ahead, go ahead. <laughs> don't well, spend, I don't know if you guys spend. know this. He's a Buddhist. Yeah, yeah. What? And yeah, he's a Buddhist. It, yeah. It, it, he does all kinds of crazy, weird Buddhist stuff and New Agey <laughs> stuff. But he and that influences his writing. Yeah. But you never hear him say Buddha. You never hear him right. But you hear the what you hear in the music is the principles of the religion, you know, and things like that. And unless you're keen to it, you wouldn't even notice it. Mm -hmm. But what I want to say is that, like, for instance, uh, I happened to be at a show with Maggie. Uh, you. You played a couple, what, two, three, week before last. And she has a song that she wrote about a real-life experience about a heartbreak. And um, she played it. And then after she was done, this woman, I, I don't know if you, you remember this, I heard it. This woman comes up to her and goes, when you were singing that song. Oh, it, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't a heartbreak. Oh, it, it was a uh, contradiction. Oh, contradiction. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But she said, when you were singing that song, inside me, it was like resonating mm -hmm. inside me and something was, it, she was basically affirming something mm -hmm. was going on. And all I can think about when I think about like that situation or like with yours with about your dad is that when you read the Psalms, they're coming straight out of the heart of the writer and they're raw and real and they don't say all say God. I mean, he definitely says God's name, all the Yahweh and all these things in the Psalms, but there are many Psalms where it's a cry out, to God or a cry out in some direction and and it doesn't he doesn't even say God mm. you know you know what I mean yeah I just thought of this funny thing that uh go with me on here okay so normally like when you hear people this is just something when it, once it was brought to my attention this is not an original thought as most of my things are not original thoughts but someone like if you replace how we pray like modern even where you go like you know, Lord, please, you know, Jesus, please, God, you know, thank you for this. If you were to, it's like prayer is supposed to be a conversation or, you know, crying out. Like if I were to say like, hey, Nathan, thank you so much, Nathan. Nathan, please just, <laughs> Nathan, you know, I really want to hang out with you this weekend, Nathan. You know, are you, like, you know, it gets yeah. kind of redundant and it doesn't need. Loses its power almost. Yeah, a little bit. Even though it, like, we, we don't look at it that way because it's about God. Right. But, um, 
you know, I don't know, just a thought that I was thinking of, of, you know, you don't obviously, you know, in the Psalms, you don't need to right. keep repeating God. He knows who you're talking to right, you know, right, when you're yeah, praying. Right. He knows he's, you're talking to him. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Such a I don't good know. Point. Now, hopefully I just ruined everyone's prayer life. And uh, <laughs> Well, we need some ruined prayer lives, man, because... Uh, just a thought. I want to punch people sometimes when I'm hearing them pray. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... You ever hear the... Yeah, no, you're right. That is one of my pet peeves, though, is like... Lord God, 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 Lord God, 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 Lord. Lord <laughs> I think it's like Jesus, people are just insecure about praying out loud and they just are like filling. I am. They're just like filling <laughs> totally. space. Filling space. Yes. Yeah. I think that's literally what it is. I think so. God's like, are you, are you talking to me? <laughs> Wait, you said my name 80 times. Is that for me? Is it? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So the same way like in music, that's how I bring it all back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so exactly. I, I agree that you don't have to say yeah. Jesus. That, yeah. yeah. I definitely I mean, don't feel a pressure. But, yeah. And and would you, if you sensed it in the song, the right song, you would use it, right? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't even be a question, Absolutely. like, if you felt like this song, this is going to be really good right here in this song. I actually had, actually had a line in one of my songs, Off the Home, that, like, literally said the word Lord in it, like, the Lord knew what was best. Yeah. And and I ended up, like, rewriting it just a little bit to, like, work better with the phrase. <sighs> You're and such just a heathen. took Jesus out of my life. <laughs> But uh, but I actually had originally like wrote that, and I was like, yeah, absolutely, you know what I mean. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna like bind myself to be like it's a yes or no thing. Yeah, yeah. It's more. It's more like the life you live, I think, and like um, talking the, to people at shows afterwards. Exactly the way that you interact with the sound people at shows. You know, mm-hmm. your sound guy who like totally doesn't know the lord and is like swearing it up you right, know what i mean right, yeah. <laughs> the way that you interact with people at your shows yeah the way that you interact with people on social media the what you post on social media what you talk about like all of that is to me it's all part of a that, bigger right? influence than it's just putting influence. the word jesus in one of my songs right yeah yeah dude that's such a great yeah i just echo what you just said that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's cool man so uh and it's already been an hour. Can you believe that, guys? It's Dang. actually over an hour. But uh, so I'm gonna, one last question for you. One last question, uh, and this has to do with worship. Um, if if rap really continues to grow <laughs> in the influence <laughs> of the church, would you be willing to rap in a song for in a worship song? Would you be willing to do? I try. I would just get one of my friends who raps better than me <laughs> to do it. I think I would be distracted as soon as as soon as the person started rapping. I'd be like, "What?" and yeah. I would not even be able to focus yeah. on uh, just me. But I actually tried. Oh man, this is so embarrassing. This is literally on record. I tried rapping. Oh, you did back in middle school. Oh. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was like, "I'm gonna rap." That phase you and went through, and then it just so quickly ended and it was just so bad. <laughs> it was so bad oh my god <laughs> i did give it a shot steven's you just look no, like no i thought of something else but i'm not gonna say i'll say it so you don't care well guys this has been a lot of fun and uh i'm so excited to see both of you guys uh music continue to reach new people and get where it needs to get and uh, I want to just ask, I'm going to have a call to action with all of our listeners that if you like this music, these two songs that we've played for you, share them with somebody, let p- somebody know about it. This is part and partial of how these, these 
people want to make a living. <laughs> and if they can continue to do this, um, if, if you share it with people, then they'll actually be able to do more. <laughs> and so, yeah. so if you don't share it, you're not, you're rejecting the gospel being spread. You are, you, you don't like Christians and <laughs> <laughs> support your brothers and sisters <laughs> out there. And, and I would say go for the same selfishly for our podcast, just share it with somebody. <laughs> Anyways, Hey guys, it's been awesome. Thank Thanks you so man. much. Love yeah. both you guys. It's been great. Yeah. I'm so glad you were able to spend time with us and I uh, look forward to what the future holds for both of you guys. Thanks, man. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you next time on All Out War. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.